can start this now. Welcome to the Basketball Soapbox. I'm your host, Daniel Daly. Today, I have a special guest on my um, podcast here today. He's always invited me on his podcast. Finally, I get to invite him on mine. Uh, we have Emmanuel Vincent of the Mr. Vincent Podcast, man. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you, man. It's a long time coming, but I'm here. Yep, yep, finally, finally. Um, we're going to recap the game that just ended just now. Of course, the Golden State Warriors uh, tie up the series against the Los Angeles Lakers uh, at one apiece, uh, finishing off the Lakers 127 to 100 in a blowout, which appeared at the start of the game to be a little bit more competitive. I think we're going to get a great LeBron game, a uh, great competitive balance back and forth. And then the second quarter happened, and then the third quarter happened, and then it wasn't close. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts about this game here tonight? Um, not really. Well, not surprised with the overall outcome. I thought Warriors would take this game into losing game one. There's no way that they would go down 0-2 headed to mm-hmm. LA. Um, I, I thought that I thought that they didn't want to find itself in the same particular in the same situation that they had in the last round, being down 0-2. Um, mm-hmm. I just been more of a competitive game from the Lakers and. Man, that third quarter opened up and the floodgates is open, wide open. <laughs> um, I love the way that Steph played in this game. Um, I, as you talked on my podcast before, we, we said that Steph is probably the most unselfish superstar of all time. And if you're going to make that case and stand on it, today, this game, was great evidence of that. Was a, mm-hmm. was great evidence of that. The way that he didn't, like, force the issue, they were doing a, a good job of trying to trap him, but he wasn't forcing the issue. He was just jumping out to Draymond, Draymond make a play, either try to lay it up or try to float it in or – Dish it out to a three-point shooter, mm-hmm. um, and then they would. I think that was just beautiful basketball right there, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Uh, speaking of Steph Curry, I did like the way he came out, and this is probably the, <laughs> the most uh, pure point guard play that we've seen of Steph Curry, right? Like not really taking a, not really taking a lot of shots. Um, I believe he had seven assists in the first half. Really coming out, facilitating, really being a decoy, right? Like rather than a decoy, just running around the court. Um, sprinting around, moving the defense. He was really opening up things for guys, as you said, hitting up Draymond Green, hitting a couple guys for threes. Um, really just a pure point guard performance from Steph Curry, which we're really not used to throughout his whole career, right? So um, I feel like he just got his guys in a rhythm, especially Clay Thompson, who was on fire tonight. Um, and they actually got some bench production here. Uh, uh, Moses Moody came in. Jordan Poole uh, wasn't as shot heavy, but at least looked decent. Um, Dante DiVincenzo came in and gave good minutes. Kavon Looney um, <laughs> didn't start the game, but I felt like he played productive minutes coming in off the bench. I felt like he kind of changed things there in the second quarter there with his rebounding and just being a big body against Anthony Davis. Um, what are your thoughts on Anthony Davis this game? Because actually, especially after having the 30-point, 23-point, 23-rebound performance that he had in game one, what do you feel, especially as a Laker fan, of him just coming out and playing the way he did? Um, it's not shocking because I, I I see that with AD a lot. Like, well, no, a lot. I love AD. Mm-hmm. One of the best players in the league, but I just feel like some games he's up, some games he's down, and this is what one of the low points of the of the season so far. I thought that they would make an honest, an honest effort to get him involved early in the game, trying to like post him up and take advantage of the mismatch that they have down in the interior. But they didn't even go that route. I was just confused, mm-hmm. and then I felt like AD was just kind of a little rattled by the the defense that they were throwing at him. Like with Draymond and then being got up by a smaller player as opposed to Looney. I feel like, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, a lot of big men. They get kind of flustered because they're not usually used to being guarded by guys that much smaller than them. So they mm-hmm. kind of get flustered. And I thought AD got a little rattled today. He rattled up. But they were active, hands was out there and everything. Um, mm-hmm. he, looked, he just looked like he was a little tentative. And I was just kind of disappointed to see that. But it fits with 11 points. They had three blocks, but 11.7 rebounds after that monstrous game one. 
Um, definitely <laughs> um, disappointing to say the least. And, and I feel like that was the point of this game, too. Of course, this kind of reminded me of the uh, Boston-Philadelphia game, too, as well, that just went over uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, just how that game kind of started out and then it just became, oh, the floodgates opened up. And then whereas Embiid and AD kind of played similar, kind of lackluster and not involved, of course, um, Embiid coming off injury. But I thought the uh, change in the beginning of the matchup, especially with Kabon Looney not being available really, only playing 12 minutes tonight, I thought that change would have kind of got AD a little bit more eager to be a little bit more aggressive in the paint and really pound those guys down low. But he wasn't able to do that on the paint and be as active. And, of course, I think people give big guys a little bit more uh, uh, discredit them because they're not able to post up smaller guys and stuff like that. And I always say, just like you said, that it's how the defense is playing them, forcing them, kind of trapping them, kind of doubling them, kind of shadowing them kind of making them give the ball up earlier, not to let them get comfortable mm-hmm. in the post. But I feel like that happened with AD tonight. And I feel like I feel like even with that, I still felt like he could, should have been a little bit more of a monster on the glass, taking advantage of a little bit of those things. But I feel like LeBron getting going early in the game, I think he had like 14, 15 points early in the first quarter. Um, and then to only finish with eight rest of the way, it was just a telling sign of the Lakers because they were trying to figure out who else was helping them? And Rui Hachimura had a good going, game going in there, knocked down a bunch of threes, kind of keeping it together early in the second quarter. But from there on, they just weren't able to hang with the, the Golden State Warriors, especially with the three ball going in for the Golden State Warriors. And especially I think Steph kind of threw them off a little bit defensively as well. Um, I think that hurt the Lakers a little bit with his facilitating. But it's just weird to see Anthony Davis not, again, as you said, he's not as consistent as he, you want him to be. But especially with Jermichael Green being in the starting lineup, I felt like that would have been an opportunity for him to have another big time performance. Yeah, exactly. And you and you wonder like where, where like him and LeBron gassed after playing so much so much in Game One, every minutes. And now we have to take into consideration that this series is basically every other day, and mm-hmm. I, that kind of tips the scale in favor of the Warriors being with a guy with a younger, they they're, they're fresh. They're more fresh. They love to, love, love to put the pace, especially if they go with this lineup throughout the rest of the series, but bringing Looney off the bench and having Jermichael Green start in this place. This could be a problem um, for the Lakers as the series advances. Uh, yeah, because especially the way that they're playing with speed and pace, um, that was one of the things I thought Memphis would have been able to do. Um, but, of course, they're not as good as a half-court team as the uh, Golden State Warriors. They don't have enough shooting. They don't have the type of point guard play, I believe, the playmaking the creators that um, Golden State has. Like, even Clay's able to create, even the maybe not as getting assists and stuff like that, but as such as making the right pass, extra pass. Um, Steph Curry able to facilitate, and then Draymond Green, of course, being the quarterback he is. But, um, yes, that's going to be a different element that Golden State found in this game, I believe, especially with Jermichael Green. He only played 13 minutes, but he had 15 points. And just being able to spread the floor, kind of bringing AD away from the basket opened up a little a couple of the lanes for the Golden State Warriors there. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this goes forward, um, especially with the uh, Golden State Warriors, even to get some of those young guys in there like Kaminga and Moody in um, and playing them some high minutes. I think that gave them a little bit of rejuvenation there. Um, but once the Lakers couldn't keep up with them, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of chapter end story closed there. I kind of saw the writing on the wall, especially with the, lead going up in the second quarter and then the third quarter happened. It was like, I don't think the Lakers are going to try to um, gas themselves to 
try to go for a 2-0 win, right? Like a 2-0 series, right? Like I feel like they're happy with the split right now. They got what they wanted. Um, I don't think they can – I don't think it would have been smart to try to keep those guys in the game and try to go for a win and battle back into that game. I think it was smart to concede it and be like, hey, we got the split We're going back home. Um, let's take what we can get. <laughs> exactly. And the ultimate white flag for me was Tristan Thompson getting inserted into the game. I was like, can we please just simulate the rest of this game and get it over with? It's okay. Yeah, like you said, um, this is going to be an interesting series going forward. Um, I, I, I always question Lakers guard play, too. They, uh, and it wasn't that great today either. Didn't get much potential between Schroeder and Russ. Russ, had, Russ made a couple of, of like mid range shots in the first quarter, but outside of he that, was, I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought he was going to have the big game because the way he was starting coming out early, I was like, okay, looks like he's ready. He's going to be aggressive and be able to get his shots off, especially with AD looking lackluster. I'm like, I feel like this is an opportunity for him to step up. And over the course of the game, it's just like, nah, <laughs> it just didn't happen. Um. But, yeah, looking at the contrasting styles, we talked about it on your uh, podcast as well, the size of the Lakers and the only way the the Warriors can match that is with speed and the three-point shooting, and it was on display tonight um, with the Warriors making, what, 21 threes, taking 42. (laughs) They took 51 the other night, um, and we're able to get – Plus 11 from three. Yeah, (laughs) so just thinking about that and actually able to get to the line and the Lakers not getting into the line as much as tonight. So that was the real big difference there. And you're seeing that on the board. That it's, like, it's what Damian Lillard said it on the JJ Reddick podcast. It's out mathing you, um, not fouling, not getting into trouble. Of course, probably not the aggressiveness is AD um, that was on display in game one, but uh, uh, that's definitely going to be a, an advantage for the Warriors playing with pace and space and able to knock down threes. That's going to be, that's been their calling card for a long time. But to think that they held the Lakers to only 100 points, uh, that could be concerning going forward, especially if the Lakers are gassed with AD and LeBron playing those high minutes from game one. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I thought to myself, like I have to think to myself right now, imagine if this series took place five years ago. I think that we would see a different mentality from LeBron with his co-star mm-hmm. not having it that night. I mean, we saw it in the first half. He was doing what he could, but in the second half, he just didn't have it. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a sign that yeah, while he's still great, still really playing the NBA, he doesn't have the same, nearly the same impact that he did five years ago. And of course, he's in year 20. He's about to be 39, I believe, this year. Of course, he, he shouldn't even be this good at his, at his age. Right? <laughs> he it just shows like that Father Time is starting to creep up on the great LeBron James. Because mm-hmm. if this was five years ago, LeBron would have just put his head down and got to the basket, right? Like he would have just got the he would just got the Warriors in foul trouble, pounded them away, opened up the floor for his shooters. Maybe have D'Angelo Russell hit a bunch of shots. Rui Hachimura probably would have been used more. Um, yeah, that would have just been a different type of bully, LeBron. He would have probably hit AD for lobs, uh, cuts to the basket, stuff like that. It would have been a more aggressive, different LeBron that we would have saw. Um, absolutely. And then five years ago, that's Steph Curry. And we talked about it, uh, not as big, not as strong. Um, (laughs) So it's definitely a different element of it, but I think it would have been still highly competitive, but I think LeBron and AD, I think it would have really been bully ball on display and especially for a longer time, right? Like LeBron five years ago was still putting his head down and getting to the basket. Like (laughs) like, like that, that was the one thing that LeBron was going to do, especially at that time. We knew get to the line. 
muck up the game a little bit, make it his pace, kind of control it a little bit more. But now in old age, especially with all the threes he's been taking, I'm surprised he made a couple. He shot well from the three tonight. <laughs> he's been crap all postseason shooting from the three. So yeah, yeah, and, I believe he was um, coming in. He's like, what, what, 18% from three in his first yeah, game? It, it was disgusting. <laughs> so to see him see a couple go through, maybe that's something that he can carry over to the next game. But as you said, looking at what even, – even if it was Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis was a lot more mobile on the defensive end, a little bit more better of a shot maker than I think now that he is. It's weird that his shot is kind of gone now. But, um, yeah, AD probably would have been a different player, a different um, – and, and probably more of a spacing shooter because I think AD was a better shooter a couple of years ago than he is now today. I think he's a better post player today. But, um, yeah, that would have been an interesting uh, look at it. Um, even D'Angelo Russell, right? <laughs> that was Brooklyn D'Angelo Russell. He probably would have been a little bit more aggressive too. Um, but yeah, just continuing to look at this lineup. Uh, do you think Steve Kerr is going to continue with the Jermichael Green starting? I think going he, I mean, we, we saw him stick to his lineup when he elected to um, bring Jamin off the bench after his suspension in round mm-hmm. one. So I think I think Kerr is probably like I think I mentioned in his group to, in the, today too on a comment on a post that he's probably like he's really like his, his in series adjustments are a one might be the best <laughs> in the league honestly and with, simply in playoff series. And I think he's found something that works early on in the series, and I think he should ride this wave until the Lakers can counter it. Why not? And he, and he know he can always go back to Looney to battle on the boards and be big and be a finisher inside. He know he can always go back to that as a concord. But if he, if Looney's not available or if Looney's not ready as yet or if you're trying to work him back from whatever sickness he has, um, I think it's an option to go small, right? And the kings of small ball have been the Golden State Warriors, right, with Draymond Green. Now you have Jermichael Green that can battle a little bit, Andrew Wiggins as well. And Steph Curry in this facilitator role, that kind of gives him a little rest offensively as well, right? Like he's not gunning. He's not taking as many shots. Um, and from that perspective, if he can continue that and then pick his spots to find his shots, it's going to be interesting, right? And, and, and as I said, um, it's contrasting. I didn't really pick anybody on your podcast for the series because of this, because it's like we saw what the Lakers were able to do in game one with their bully ball, being able to get to the line. And it's like that size and rebounding that kind of wears down these small teams but in tonight in game two, we've seen the small ball <laughs> take over and win. So um, it's going to be interesting going forward, man, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like if any team can, can combat um, being small on the front line, it's, it's Golden State. They have so many players who are active on, on the glass. Well, while cool, while moving on in their real big, they, they have Draymond who's active on the glass and Wiggins. Um, they can mm-hmm. kind of make up for then the elite shooting from the perimeter is mm-hmm. by, far, by far the best in the league. So let me ask a question. Do you think that do you think that Looney was really sick, or do you think that it that it was a, a strategic play on Kerr? I mean, we're not that far removed from you know COVID and everything. So if mm-hmm. you're feeling under the weather, would you would you really be allowed to play in the NBA in, in this day and age? I, I thought I, I definitely I thought it was. I think it probably. I think Looney was sick, but the okay. way that I think I think the way they. It was like literally 20 minutes before before game time. <laughs> you know, usually we hear about that stuff like hours before, like a couple hours before the game. Like, all right, he's not going to play as many minutes or whatever the case may be, or he's out or whatever the case may be. It was literally like 20 minutes before game time. <laughs> so, I mean, I know they have game time decisions, but it's usually like an hour or whatever the case may be. This was kind of last minute. So I think they kind of maybe use that to their advantage, especially – I mean, Jermichael Green only played 13 minutes. I'm looking here. He only played 13 minutes, but there were impactful 13 minutes 
where he was effective, right? Like he was able to spread the floor. We saw Anthony Davis spread out to the the uh, three point line and not in the paint, and that opened up some opportunity. So um, it could have definitely been strategic. But as as you said, even Jalen Rose said on um, Countdown, like it was this COVID, like especially in this time and era, like he's around people, he's around his teammates. Um, wait, wait Jalen said that on Countdown. I didn't, I didn't watch Countdown. Yeah. Yeah, he said that on Countdown as they broke the story that uh, Kevon Looney was going to play limited minutes, and they said it was an illness. And they said uh, Jalen Rose was like, "Yo, what, like, what is this? <laughs> like, is this COVID? Like, especially in this time and era where everything happens, is every everything is happening. Was that COVID? Like, what's going on? Especially when he's around his teammates, and then he's going to go out there and play against other people. He did open up that question. I was like, why would he say that? <laughs> but I understand it. I understand it from that standpoint of uh, of course safety protocol safety all that stuff like that but um yeah so that's that's definitely a question mark but i do feel like uh they the the, the warriors definitely used it to a point of um strategy right like they, to to have it that close to game time and then say yeah he's only going to play this limited minutes and to the point where he's not starting um that was interesting that was interesting so Absolutely. i'll say that um but yeah, what do you think is going to be happening in LA as this picks up on what is it uh, Thursday? No, wait, today's Friday. Sorry, my bad. Sunday. Uh, oh yeah, they're going to play every other day, Saturday. So the next game is on Saturday. Yeah, um, what do you? I think, I think the rest of the games are all every other day. Um, uh, yeah, the schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. So what do you think is going to game three on Saturday there? Um, I, I think if you're, if you're the Lakers, you really got to make a concerted effort to get AD involved. Like, right, like, as soon as that ball sits up, jump ball, get AD involved, man. Put him on different spots in the court. Put him in the mid-range. Put him in the post. Like, he's, I, I think I've seen um, Tim, Le- Tim Legler allude to this on um, SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. He's so diverse, like, one of the most diverse offensive players we have in the league. Take advantage of that and the skill set. Just put him on different spots in the court and let him go to work. Get him involved. Get him, get him in the rhythm, rhythm early. They need that. And that's a lot, as I said, in, in order for them to win the series, I think in order to win the championship, he has to be their best player. And exactly. to have these inconsistent nights, they can't continue to have that. So even begrudgingly, if you have to get AD involved, get him involved, right? If that's the Lakers' point, right? Like, we got to get him going, even if put guys in foul trouble, um, get more opportunities, get him closer to the basket so he's battling a little bit more especially on the glass and stuff like that. I think that would be the smart thing for the Lakers. As for the Warriors, you got to be looking at this game like, yo, we got these guys in terms of we just got to run. <laughs> and, I, and I think that was the advantage that Golden State has, especially I said again, over Memphis is where that like they can run on the road. Like Golden State can run. They have that type of offense to do that. And if you can get those guys in the deep waters and get them kind of sluggish up and down the court, that's probably the best chance they have, especially traveling and stuff like that. It's probably not a difficult travel, um, San Francisco to L.A. I don't know if they get on a plane, most likely a bus. But um, I figure that's the best option for Golden State, especially game three, get them early. See if you can steal that game as they stole game one against you guys. So um, it's going to be interesting going forward. I think I think Golden State will stay with the um, Jermichael Green lineup, as you said. Because I think it gives them that little bit more of a versatility and a little bit more boost of offensively in terms of space in the floor. So uh, we'll see how that goes, especially. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you think about for the next two games here for this one in Game Three and Four here? Like, how is that going to turn out? Is it going back to the Bay uh, tied up? Is it going up three one? Uh, what do you think? I uh, 
Now, now the safe pick would be we're going to go back to the Bay 2-2 with a pivotal game five and go to the state. Honestly, <laughs> I, think I'm, I think it's going to be 3-1. I'm mm. going to go 3-1 go to state. Just, just, to, just, just to be – because I picked the, the Warriors to win the series in six. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to be different and not say 2-2 because that's, that's the that's easy route. So I'm not going to say 2-2. I'm going to say 3-1 go to state. I think it's, I'm, I'm going to lean towards 2-2 because I think Golden State can steal game three. And I think the Lakers rise to the occasion to get a classic LeBron game, game four, which is on Monday. So I think we can get a big time game from LeBron there and, and, and they'll get it tied, uh, tied up, right? Like uh, uh, to the Golden State to go up 3-1, the Lakers are in trouble. <laughs> and I just don't know. I just don't see a, especially AD up and down one game here, one game off, whatever the case may be. I just don't think he's going to, he's not going to be in a position to, to have two bad games in a row. And I think yeah. that's the only way the Lakers can lose is if he's just lackluster. If AD plays well, I think that helps the Lakers. I think I'm going to pick them to win that. Like if AD has a great game, but if he's off and inconsistent, that's going to be tough. <laughs> that's going to be tough. Definitely. And, and think about this. If you're a Warriors fan, you feel pretty good. You come up yeah, with yeah. a, a grueling, long series with the Sacramento Kings and a hostile game seven on the road, pull that out. Then about, a, about two days later, you, you go into game one, come all kind of sluggish. Warriors, mm-hmm. I mean, Lakers throw a haymaker. You come back, you nearly get that game, but you lose it, and then you come here and you blow them on the game two. You mm-hmm. got to feel very confident about your team going forward under those circumstances I mentioned. Uh, yeah, because I feel like um... – especially after that emotional series, especially, as I said before, and on, again on your podcast last episode, that could have been the end of their run, right? Yeah. And now they found new life and new legs in the series, and it's like, okay, we, we, we got the Lakers, and they got us on short rest, right? Like, I think that's the thing that people are missing out as well. Um, the Warriors only played, like, again, every other day after that series, after the King series. So it's like they instantly walk into the series, get the Lakers' best punch, and they battled back in that game as we saw and to come out and blow them out, and it's like, okay, we know they got a, they they got one on us, but we know we can go to LA and win there. We know we can we can travel, especially when we got Steph Curry playing the way he is, and especially in Game Two we got Clay Thompson, and then especially I mean Clay Thompson going into the Game Two, you found some adjustments there with uh, Jamichael Green, Kevon Looney. It's like, hey, we can play different lineups, we can get these other guys involved, and especially on the road we can probably win two there, you know? So that, I think that's the way the Warriors are looking at it. For the Lakers, I'm like, it's really all the hindrance on AD, right? Like, <laughs> I know everybody's kind of looking at him like, yo, can you can you be the guy that we saw in game one consistently? Because we kind of need that. <laughs> I mean, you can't keep relying on D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. It's like, how many games are you going to get hey, at those? Rui had a big game tonight. Oh, he did, did. I, he did. But I'm just saying, like, consistently, can you get that going forward, especially if AD doesn't have it? Is 21 points, is that 20-point range from Rui Hachimura going to be enough for you guys? I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so AD has to be dominant in order for these guys to win. And if he's not, it's going to be tough. Because as you said, it's not – If you put him in the post, if you're going to take advantage of them, they'll get to the free throw line. That slows down the game. That takes the Warriors out of transition. Get the mm. defense to get back and get back and get set. So I think they, that's the route they got to go. Get him on the block early. Yeah, get him on the block and get him going. I think is the best option for the Lakers and Golden State. Just keep running. <laughs> Those old legs are going to get tired. They do. They always do. Just keep running. Um, 
and and what and that's another thing too. Even looking ahead, depending on who advances in this series, right? Like I, I think we kind of foregone conclusion that the Nuggets are going to win against the Suns. That they just have too much depth. Um, yes, Chris Paul being hurt. Yeah, so it's like when you look ahead to these next series, it's like if whoever faces Denver, like Denver's a high-running team, but they also have a little bit of defense there with a couple guys there that can stop guys. And it's like it doesn't get any easier for the Lakers, right? Like you're going to be facing two teams that run. Like Golden State's going to run. <laughs> like that's the, like Golden State's going to run you to death. Um, Denver Nuggets are king of transition points and running in pace and all that stuff like that. So it's like – and then if you look at Golden State, if they advance to face Denver, it's like – that's not an easy matchup because you got Joker now <laughs> playing at a yeah. high level. And who can, stop him, who, who can stop him on the Warriors? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think Draymond Green is going to have that impactful way that he did last year. You know what I mean? So it's like you got Jamal Murray. You got Michael Porter Jr. You got other guys that can answer these calls. So it's like whoever goes into this next series, whoever advances in this series, it's going to be tough going forward, man. Like, Denver is not going to be easy. And I feel like Denver provides as much problems as these two teams provided for each other, right? That's contrasting styles, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Don't forget about the advantage of the home court and the high altitude in Denver. That's going to play a yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you ever remember. I think there's like a, a, a video of like a, a chemo. Uh, or is it uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? He's on the sideline and he has like the oxygen tank. In Denver? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it's Denver. I just think it was a playoff. I think it's a playoff game against Boston. Yeah, and I think I, it's yeah, just hot. That. Yeah, it's just hot in the building. That's like I, I'm wondering if LeBron's going to have one of those on the sideline, man. <laughs> They're going to be running those guys, man. Like it's going to be tough, man. Especially if the Lakers advance, it's like yo, like it does not get any easier, right? Like as open as the West we think it is, it's like it doesn't. It looks like it's favored Denver right now. I'm favoring Denver, especially if this is a deep series between Golden State and LA. The go seven, like, <laughs> I'm favoring De- uh, the Nuggets right now. Yeah, because Denver is going to probably – well, Denver won the first series in five. This probably should go no no longer now than five games, in my opinion. <laughs> With Chris Paul out, I had him I had him winning in six. But when that was CP3 sideline for at least the next three games, it should be over in five. No excuses. What, like, what, what do you think about Chris Paul, like, and just getting hurt at this point in time? Like, it's just crazy to me, especially I think we both we were both Chris Paul fans, but – for him to already be ruled out three, four, and five, it's like, damn! Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a growing injury, and you know, I mean, he's had a history of getting hurt at, at, at key spots throughout the se- season or the postseason. Mm-hmm. But now, at this age, at this age, but he's, I think he'll be thirty-nine this month mm-hmm. or thirty-eight. Um, it's it's just it's just to be expected, I think, for CP. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think they, I think they, they I think they had to have an insurance policy for when this happened, but they didn't do that. They didn't have so. an insurance policy for anybody. <laughs> 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 they don't have a bench, and it's crazy to think about that. It's like, you guys really don't have anybody. <laughs> Excuse me. Just, yeah, just, just, just relying on KD and Booker to go heavy ISO and just play hero ball. That, that's the only offense they got, and it's not going to cut it against the Denver team. They're just too nah, good. Nah. <laughs> nah, they're too good right now. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to wrap that up for now, um, and we'll try to get more about these other series. Um, let's talk about, uh, real quick, uh, we do have game three between um, Boston and Philly. What are your thoughts about that real quick? Um, Joel Embiid returning. He's going to be accepting his MVP award. Um, is the adrenaline going to get into Joel Embiid, or is Boston going to go up 2-1? 
I I'm 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 gonna lean with Philly going up two one in the series. Um, I think I think the, I think that build is gonna be rocking. NBA is gonna receive that MVP award in front of the fans. Thank God they don't give that award out anymore at the at that little ceremony they that they have for a period of time. The dumbass <laughs> award show. Yeah, like, <laughs> making wait all, man, all 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 that time to find out who the MVP is. No, the, mm-hmm. the fans the, the fans of the player who gets the MVP should see their see their favorite their player win it. I mean, like uh, celebrate in the arena, hoisting that trophy up before the game, and then it'll t- it'll soak it all in that moment. So I think they're gonna be ready. Um, you know, MVP was off what basically two weeks. Um, prior mm-hmm. to game two. So, of course, his condition is not going to be the same. No matter how much you work out and what, what you do, you can't really, like, match. You can't really rather, um, like, like match working out with actual game speed. There's no way you can, mm-hmm. you, you, yep. can du- you can duplicate that. So, it's going to take you a while to get to, get your wind under you, and I think it's going to have – I think it's going to be ready. He's going to play a better game. I think I, I really hope Harden plays better than what he did in game two. I mean, his had to go ballistic like it did in game one, the 45 points. But he's going to have to mm-hmm. be better than what, he, than what he was in order for them to realistically have a chance to beat Boston in the series. But I still think Boston's mm-hmm. going to win the series in six games. That's what I picked. Mm-hmm. I think Boston might have figured out something there. <laughs> I think uh, uh, looking at Jalen Brown guard, uh, uh, James Harden, I think Kirk Goldsbury posted that. Uh, James Harden only scored one point against them. I think that was at the free loan, free throw line. I think it was a foul. Um, but just looking at James Harden, I don't know if he can reach that level, right? Especially if the Celtics aren't going to play that jar coverage or have Al Horford on him and actually have their guards and fight through those screens. Mm-hmm. I think that takes away a lot of what Philly does. And I think what people kind of forgot about is that the size of the Boston Celtics, I think their Celtics are built for like to face – strong forwards, big men, and stuff like that in terms of Joel Embiid, a Giannis. Or, or, or Giannis, yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they definitely are built to compete against those two. So, so when they face these quick, agile teams that have space and three-point shooting, it kind of puts them in a little bit of a position, and I think Joel Missoula has been figuring out, hey, I got to play Grant Williams, which I thought was a great adjustment in game two, even though I think it was more driven towards um, Jason Tatum's foul trouble. But I do believe that they found something there where, hey, we can go small. We can play different matchups against these guys, especially with Joel Embiid not at 100%. And even though I think the adrenaline is going to be there, I think Joel Embiid is going to be a little bit more rested, a little bit more game, got the rust off a little bit, what Doc Rivers was saying. I think Boston has figured out ways to neutralize, like because they know they can guard Joel Embiid. They have the bodies to do that and put up a little bit more of a resistance. But I think neutralizing James Harden, I think that's going to be the way the Celtics go going forward. Um, uh, what do you think about the Denver? Well, I don't even know why I'm asking this. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're pretty all in unison with the Denver uh, Phoenix matchup. That it's either going to be a gentleman sweep or it's going to be a sweep. Um, that's just unfortunate because I thought that was going to be a great series going into it, at least a high octane series. And it looks like it's just going to be a watered down series of Denver putting Phoenix away. Um, hey, but, but if, if I'm joking, I don't feel bad at one bit for the oh, no, 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 no. In, in the injury of CP3. Because what he had to deal with these last two years, basically being a one-man show, essentially mm-hmm. in the playoffs, hey, listen, he shouldn't feel bad for anybody. I remember. At this point in his career. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Uh, was it last year they faced the Warriors in the first round? No, I think it was the year after the bubble. You're talking about when he got ejected and they got swept? Or 
no, no. Oh, no. Was it last year? No. Last year, they, last year they lost to the Warriors in four. So it was the year before. The year, that, the, year the Bucks won the chip. Oh no no no! But I'm talking. But I'm talking about Denver against uh, Golden State. Oh, sorry, that was like last. Yeah, yeah. Like, in terms of him just running and how he was just like everyone was kind of like, oh, he got swept. How was he MVP? All the stuff like that. I'm like, y'all are seeing it's not as easy anymore. <laughs> so I think that narrative with the Joker needs to be thrown away because it's like, nope, that's a little bit more difficult than you guys think of, right? Like, it's a little bit more difficult when you don't have that guy next to you. You don't have any help. And I just remember that series of him on the bench, gassed, running, like trying to do everything and just not enough. So it's like the tables are turned right now, and Denver's in control of that. Usually they're on the – especially with um, uh, Jamal Murray being hurt and then Michael Porter Jr. always being up and down, especially with his back, to have those guys healthy. I know he's grinning ear to ear, and he, I know he's just like, yo, let me just take care of business and get out of this series real fast. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I think he is, and I'm – you know, I, I like. I really think that he doesn't really care about the MVP award or any accolade. He just cares about one thing, and and, that, and that's winning. So I, I know I that he's just trying I, to like do his best. I think, I think all those guys care in a sense about it, but I think he sees the bigger picture. Like, yo, we get we're, we got a chance to win. <laughs> we got a legitimate chance to win, and that's what we're really going to try to take care of business. I think he's been on that for the past couple of years. Like, yo, we can we can win. Like, he knows he has a good team around him, so. Um, and it helped that that everybody has two in his um in a trophy case, so good. yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he already knows that feeling, right? I think he accepted one in Serbia when he was on his horse, Howard horseback riding, or something like that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's an interesting cat. Um, what do you think about the uh, real quick uh the New York Miami matchup? Uh, Jimmy Butler has been sidelined a little bit. Um, that game is on Saturday, so that's what four days from the last game just now. From um, well, game like Tuesday, two. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, Tuesday. So it's, 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 an it's an interesting city, <laughs> Tyrese. Rather, um, for the Bucks, for the Bucks, for the Heat to really have any chance of winning, they're gonna need Jimmy Butler back on on the court. Because um, mm-hmm. now we're Miranda back, that kind of like off, offsets um, everything. So they're gonna need Jimmy Butler buckets to, to come back. But I do think mm-hmm. that they are gonna win the series. Because I, I think it comes out the coaching. I trust. I, I trust Spo to make key adjustments in the series. That will slightly put them over the Knicks. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just especially looking at that last game, how hard the Knicks had to work to even win that game. <laughs> and that's without Jimmy Butler. That's without Vic Oladipo. That's without Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. And that game was close. So um, I'm with you along the lines of that. I think Spo is the better coach. I think Spo has a little bit more X's and O's and a little bit more pulse on his guys, whereas um, Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah, like Julius Randle can have a bad night or Jalen Brunson can have an off night or Mitchell Robinson can get into foul trouble. And it's like, okay, who are you going to rely on? R.J. Barrett, who has been playing well. But it's like, outside of that, it's like, if those guys have an off night, I don't see them winning, whereas Miami can kind of junk the game up and kind of manufacture some type of offense. They're getting production from Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent and all these other guys like, who? <laughs> playing high quality minutes so it's like I'm, I'm along the lines with you on that it's like where my I, I'm gonna pick Miami to win the series just especially if Jimmy Butler has a little bit more rest and can kind of get going um yeah I think they can I think I think Miami's gonna take that series I don't know if it's gonna be six or six or seven but I, I'm gonna lean Miami as well I can see I can see Miami winning that in Madison Square Garden in a game seven with Jimmy Buckets on the court I can see them pulling it out if it, if it oh yeah 
<laughs> There's some Knicks fans I want to get at. <laughs> if Jimmy Butler does that, I want to go on a roll with that one, man. If that happens, I wouldn't put it past him. And especially those big-time performances that Jimmy Butler has had on the road. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. New York does not want to do that. I'm pretty sure New York wants to try to get this series over as fast as possible, not try to give those guys in Miami any more chances. Um, but we'll see how that goes, man. And in and, and MSG, I think Jimmy was a, was his brother in that moment. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. But every single time the, the the lights get brighter, he steps up, man. He steps up. I don't know. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but he, he's just able to do it, man. He's just able to do it. Yeah. All right, man. But um, that will do it for this episode of the Basketball Soapbox. As we're wrapping up here, as always, Emmanuel Vincent, thank you for joining me. Um, of course, plug your podcast as well. Oh, yeah, uh, the Mr. Vincent Podcast. Hopefully, I have an episode of, uh, this uh, upcoming week, early in the week. Uh, you can find it everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast at. Uh, you know, my guy, Daniel Daly, always holds me down for the B-Ball talk. So, hopefully, you can do it again. Uh, we can link up and record uh, early in the week, Monday or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, the link will be in the description, um, either on Anchor or on YouTube. It will be in the link below, so you can check that out. He speaks basketball, wrestling. In major, major sports, especially with football coming up, I'm pretty sure you're going to touch base on that when the time comes. Absolutely. Um, so, again, thank you for joining me. Um, that will be doing for this episode. All right, my guy. I appreciate you, man. All right, no, man. Get some rest, man. Yes, sir. Take care. All right.